And welcome to another episode of the Van Chat. And weird time because I just got back from the trip and figured we'd do a Van uh, Chat before getting into other things. So, uh, Tamegi's jumping in, joining. Thanks for jumping in. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Got a couple of other links out there for people that might be listening. I know, again, it's kind of an odd time. It's 5 p.m. Well, it's 5 p.m. Pacific. So, actually, that's kind of late in the afternoon for you guys or evening almost for you guys. So, um, We'll see who jumps in on both the uh, gun channels, which is the preferred side where we, we uh, embed everything that we run live, uh, or then, I guess, on the YouTube side, because we have to, because the chat's on there. the uh, gun channels, which is the... See? YouTube, our gun channels never just sends audio out like that. YouTube does. Looks like we got six people watching, three people thumbed it up ready. Appreciate that. And we'll go back over to gun channels. So, uh, just got back from the trip and got Smeggy in here, so I thought maybe we could map some stuff out, get some uh, spreadsheets going and figure out some gas mileage. You down for that? Or is this too late in the after, too late in the week for that? <laughs> oh, that sounds like super fun. You being sarcastic or you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm okay. not sure. <laughs> right. I've tricked myself. I'm not sure. Um, I did want to figure it out though, because it's going to be super interesting this time. So I'm going to have, we already have mileage data from the van from 11,000 miles worth of trip in 2017. Then I guess technically I have uh, info from SHOT Show, although going up to Vegas and back ain't, I guess that's a good, um, we call that like a midline or standard. But then I have uh, some a trip going over to California. That'll be interesting to record. Uh, and then now this one, mainly because I drove up to Tulsa the normal way, pretty much just the quickest way that Google would get me up there. Uh, which is jump across I-10 till you get to Las Cruces, New Mexico, and that's before you get to Texas even. Then you head up through the middle of nothing, New Mexico, uh, and then you jump across on 40 back over to Tulsa, and that was no big deal. But then coming back, I went through Dallas to pick up the cards. Then I went through Austin and San Antonio, and coming back from San Antonio, I've experienced the most wind I've ever experienced driving the van, maybe even the most wind ever driving anything. So I've driven that 10 back and forth between San Antonio or at least back and forth um, east and west of here, or east of here, back and forth. I don't even, I couldn't even count. And at least going from Tucson to Las Cruces, New Mexico is where you go north from this neck of the woods. So the only thing you got going east and west is 10, the highway and the interstate. And once you get to Las Cruces, you can make a decision. You're going to go through Texas down through El Paso and then San Antonio over to Houston and and over, or you're going to go north through uh, New Mexico and up to 40, which is the other, well, the next interstate going east and west. Um, so anyhow, I've done, driven that route so many times I can't even count, and there's a chunk of dunes in there. When you get to that border of Arizona and New Mexico, just inside of New Mexico and western New Mexico, it's just all dunes. It's just sand, raw sand. And there's always signs up there saying there's high wind and visibility and this and that. And I must have, because I've done it so many times and over the years now, since the 90s, literally, um, I must have driven through a sandstorm before. Maybe I don't remember it, but uh, no sandstorms today, but wind. Wow, the wind was crazy. It was picking the van up and moving it, it felt like. So uh, that was kind of neat. And I'm thinking that's going to affect mileage pretty hardcore. I was coming out of San Antonio and you kind of come up out of there into west texas and it, it feels like you're coming up at least and I, th I think it must be a rising elevation there and uh i was battling the wind and i could tell i i was sitting there i was about to get the 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 phone to turn into a video camera and record it because i could literally watch my dial my gas gauge go from full down to quarter tank as i was driving and i'm like i really thought i had like a hole in the gas tank or something um i i don't think though that I filled the tank. I think that either something glitched and I just didn't pay attention and put the, the nozzle back on the pump, you know, uh, or my card, maybe, you know, how sometimes you hit like a $50 limit and it'll go to like 5002 because it doesn't, you know, doesn't act quick enough. Um, something like that, because when I got in the thing, it was only about 
Well, it wasn't all the way to full. You know how they usually go over full when they're full? Right. This one, it was weird. So I don't know if my gas gauge is acting up. So anyway, that'll be interesting too. And I don't know if we'll be able to figure that out from uh, whenever we map it all out. But again, we don't have to Well, didn't you have, didn't you have something like that where, yeah, you, you stopped and got gas and then like you still had half a tank or something? I think one time I must have missed a receipt or something. Um, and that, well, maybe I mean, when you were heading to Tulsa, you were in you were in the cave talking, and you stopped and got gas, and then like you got back in. You're like, no, yeah, exactly. I didn't realize you were in there when that happened. So yeah, I think that's happened twice now. So I think I might have like a stick in gas gauge or something, uh, or maybe there's some pump that fit, you know, some brand of pump or something that works with my tube, where it bubbles funny and disconnects before it actually fills. Because I don't. Do you ever? Pull the handle again when you're done filling. Like when it tell when the robot tells you you're full of gas, do you go in and make sure? Uh, like, no, but I I do always look to be like, oh, I got ten gallons. Yeah, that sounds about right. Or oh, I do. I got three gallons. That doesn't seem right. That's right. I'll do that. But it seemed right the last. You know, whenever those two times happened, I was like, oh, 12, 10, whatever. You know, twenty eight. I don't know. I was I wasn't really letting the tank go low. So let's talk about that for a second. Uh, I find it interesting because Cycle drove, and we talked about cars in different ways, but he goes to three-quarters tank and then fills up. I barely, I, I get, I don't like going to half a tank. I like filling up uh, more often than not. So what's your, when you do road trips, what's your theory? Um, it, You know, it depends. Like, when I'm going up north, something that I've, I've been going the same, to the same destination since I was a little kid, like I know which gas station to stop at and fill up. And that, that one takes me down to like about a quarter tank left, but then I, I polish it off and uh, then I have enough gas to drive around like all weekend, do whatever I need to do and then get like halfway home before I have to stop again. So I'll, I'll do that one. But otherwise, yeah, I, I like to, when I'm at half a tank or, or actually just above half a tank, I start looking. And one of the things, I don't know, it's maybe dumb brand loyalty or whatever, but I really like Speedways. And part of that is because uh -oh. they don't have a separate credit card price from a cash price, and that always bugs me when other places do. Oh, yeah, I'm not used to that. That's not something they do out here. Like, it must not be something they do in Vegas or Phoenix or here, because that's where I'm usually driving, and I, I'm totally, that blew my mind that they're going to put a bogus price, a fake price, a bait-and-switch price on the sign. And then you get over there and there's a different price for credit. That irked me. I didn't realize I didn't really start to experience that till the trip or the last year's trip. Oh yeah, that was big that was big over here. And I mean I that happens all the time at East. You people are used to getting the, the Yeah, I mean it happened like a few years back and and they it's like almost all of them decided to start doing it, except speedways don't. And uh you know, they say it's, well, it's because of processing fee. It's it's not. It's because gas stations are losing so much money now that people aren't coming inside anymore. You know, pay at the pump is killing their, you know, candy bar business or their, you know, whatever. Sure. Things sitting next to the register or all that stuff. Because if you have to go inside to pay, well, I might as well get something to drink. I might as well get something to eat, you know? Like, I'm going inside anyways to pay. Gum or whatever, yeah, I drops or freaking mints or all that kind of crap that people get when they're uh, driving <laughs> from the bar. Right, exactly. Mm. So, uh, but, but, but anyway, so I'll, I'll, I'll tend to look for that. And yeah, also I, I like the places where like you can see them from the highway. So I know it's, you know, sometimes it's like gas, this exit. And then you, you get off and it's like, Oh yeah, go seven miles this way. And it's like, well, I wouldn't have got off at this exit if I would have known I had to drive another seven miles down a, you know, dirt road or some crap to get to the gas station. Bingo. Yeah, I won't. Um, well, yeah, if you have to, you have to. But I, I don't. I like that's why I like driving at night sometimes because you can tell. Very rarely do they put those signs up by the highway and then the sign or the place stands. You know, is way off. I mean, they're always off a ways. But yeah, when you gotta like drive into town, you know that picture I posted on Instagram of the gunsmith like a nighttime picture of a gunsmith. Mm -hmm. That's because of that, like stupid exit was like, I, the town that I ran out of gas in on the way to San Antonio last time and the whole gas shortage and everything, and I was freaking out. 
I was like, oh, that's that town. I'm going to go ahead and stop and get gas here since I know that that's like, I knew that that was like a half, whatever, a, you know, as much as I like to go away from the next gas station, that would get me back on a, whatever, a, a, a system or the, the, what am I trying to say? It would get me back on the stops that would um, put me back in sync with getting back to Tucson, right? So I figured, okay, I'll fill up here. And uh, the stupid exit took me off like one of them frontage roads for like a while, then like eight miles down some curvy thing through a neighborhood at 35 miles an hour. I should have just, well, I wasn't even watching Google because I was driving home, but you know, I know the route. But uh, I guess when you're not familiar enough to know that there's two exits to a place and that was like the get off here if you want to get to the neighborhood part quicker exit, not the part where any of the gas stations or anything. Oh, like. so like where the gas stations were, there was another exit like right there mm -hmm. anyways? Yeah, and I had no idea. I pulled off on the one when I was heading there, you know, the, my first time driving that way in years. So, yeah, anyway. So that did that is uh, where I got that picture, at least. So I rode past an old gunsmith building. But speaking of that, I'm going to jump over to the Instagram and get copyright striked. That's two things I like to do. And <laughs> thought this was pretty cool. So I was coming back through El Paso, and I... I don't remember last time I went through El Paso during daylight. I always go through uh, in the middle of the night because of however far it is from Tucson and wherever I'm going, it just always works out that way. So uh, I was bugging, bugging Smeggy with this song earlier. It's one, I really like this song uh, from back in the day. And my screen sharing, I was able to find this Rose's Cantina in El Paso. I thought I would throw this song in here. And this is where the song, or this is where the sec, that's where it comes from. Out in the West Texas town of El Paso. Fell in love with a Mexican girl. I had time to find me in Rose's Cantina. Okay, I'll cut that off so I don't get just turned off. But then uh, what's cool is this is the real Roses, I guess, from the song. I guess Marty, wrote, Marty Robbins wrote it originally. Um, and then part of the lyrics are books out the back door and grabs a horse. And that's this. So basically, he, uh, the dude goes to this cantina to hang out with this Mexican chick, and she's uh, hanging out with some other dude, and he challenges the dude for his, about his intentions, and the guy draws on him. So before he can do anything about it, the guy has laid him down. So now he's debating what to do. Do they have hitching posts out there? In your horses? Huh? So did they have any hitch hitch posts? Did you see any horses out there? No, but I did drive around, and this is the back door, and I parked my van there as if it was the horse, and then I tagged it with I picked a good one. It looked like it could run. But yeah, that's pretty clean. So uh, I'm pretty sure that's the thing from the thing. And it's right off the highway. Unfortunately, right now they're doing construction to the exit. So you have to kind of drive all around to get to it. But normally when they're done with their construction or whatever, it'll just be right there off the highway. It's kind of like uh, three or four bars that you can tell are like after the shift for like the big rock crushing factory that's next door. Whatever they do in that. Maybe they make concrete or smaller rocks out of big rocks. Some kind of factory next door. Very cool. Yeah, kind of neat. And I, I didn't even know it was there, so uh, it's kind of neat. One of those things that I was able to catch during the day. All right, so a uh, couple people jumping in over on the gun channel side. Welcome. Anybody wants a link, let me know. And we'll go look at anything happening on the YouTube side. So uh, otherwise, let's see. We'll bring a map up and figure out how many miles I actually did drive. Is that done? Are you done with that? I'm going to take that as a yes, and we'll continue to do that. So, on that screen sharing. And let's screen share the correct side. You, you drove there. through a hall of mirrors? Yeah, exactly. Went, that would have been way faster, really, right? Have somebody hold a mirror up in Tulsa and drive through. So, let's get some directions. So the first stop would have been Tulsa. 
And let's see how Google Map is consistent with how it actually drove me there. Sure is. So that's how it got me there. Then I went back to Oklahoma City. And that's only important because I went there and then went south to Dallas. Then headed down to Waco. I don't know if that makes a difference. So I'll just, well, I'll put it in there. Why not? I don't know if it does make a difference, but it might give it some direction as I go to Austin and then San Antonio and back to Tucson. Boom, 25. So I think it was 22 originally uh, when I had done the trip to go to, from Tucson to Tulsa. Actually, I was going to go from Tucson to Dallas up to Tulsa and back, but uh, this added like 300 miles to get down to um, Austin and San Antonio, but we got uh, No and Edge to sign the cards, and we were able to drop off their uh, collectible Gun Channels trading cards, Gen 2s. So I saved 56 cents in postage. So, <laughs> so yeah, that extra couple hundred miles, totally worth it. But uh, it was kind of neat checking out uh, things along the way. So on the way there, left at 1 p.m. Close this because it's boring. Left at 1 p.m. Arizona time, and mainly because of the support of the people on the on the uh, gear websites, a couple of people bought some patches over there, and then let me, let me uh, just enough money to be dumb about it, I guess, or just do it. So I did it, and I knew there was going to be money rolling in at some point from some of the projects and things. Um, I think I mentioned before that the gun websites one, or no, the uh, gun channels one. Uh, because I had refunded so many people, I suspect it took way more than a month for that to even get through. And once I complained, it still took a couple weeks. So uh, that one was kind of an unknown. I didn't have that money yet. So I had borrowed against it, and that was unpleasant. So uh, anyhow, uh, drove this trip uh, kind of spur of the moment, I guess is what I'm saying, and left here at 1, 1 p.m. and arrived in Tulsa uh, at, I think, around 8, 9. So... Uh, with Smeggy's help, I think somewhere around here is where I ran out of gas again. And well, I was at half a tank, like I say. That's one of the reasons I go to half a tank because I start freaking out and then figure out I don't have money or something. At least I got a half a tank, right? You freak out, figure out you don't have money, almost empty. You're sitting at that gas station, you don't have many options. So I got to this gas station and filled up, uh, getting ready for the 75 miles an hour highway again. This chunk of the highway is not 75 miles an hour, it's horrible. It'll this whole section. It's kind of quick. You have to stop in the city and you stop again, but then you go across the missile range and then that's all like 75 or something. And then you go through this whole town, but then it's like 40, 10, 40 curvy 20s, you know, 55 and then open oh, to a 20 mile an hour curve, that kind of crap. So uh, this took forever, really. And then uh, getting ready for the straight run again on the interstate. Uh, figured I didn't have any gas, and uh, or figured I didn't couldn't use my credit card because I had gone beyond state lines, and I think it was 10 o'clock or 10:30, and they closed at 10, so that was kind of annoying. But I used uh, coins and like you know just a couple of dollars I had and got what gas I could, and that's pretty much when I jumped on. Or did, was I already on the chat before then? I think that's yeah, fun. you were already in there before. Okay, so then. Uh, yeah, you helped me stay awake all the way through stupid Texas, which is horrible. It's boring, boring, especially at night. And it's just flat and straight. You can see how straight it is. From space, it looks straight and boring, right? So uh, that tells you it's just nothing. It's flat. And then uh, I think somewhere around here, you were listening to some Masada Yub stuff, and uh, we cut it. And I just uh, was able to cruise into Tulsa, you know, with, on fumes. Oops. So... Um, Oh yeah, that's right. You know, that was a whole that was a off air thing. I never even went live. Oh, the whole thing? Oh, it might have been because we were just bullshitting really. And there yeah. was, I thought there was more people in here though. I thought there was like three or four people in there. Um Oh, maybe I ended it and then but I know when I was playing Masada Yubin stuff, it was off air because I wouldn't want to get in trouble for that, even though I'm sharing good knowledge. But yeah, we listened to a couple of what probably videos. They weren't like books on tape, but they sounded, they could have been either one. They were basically lectures that he had done and someone had recorded. Right. Yeah, they were just videos on YouTube of him. Like, well, one was like teaching a class and one was the thing about staying your ground. So the whole point of the trip was to get up to Tulsa and uh, hang out with the people from Gun Channels and uh, kind of, you know, 
be part of this pulling the stuff that we do online out into real life. Uh, I had sent some of the trading cards over to um, Ghost in Arkansas because he was the last one to be leaving. He was close, so he was the last one to be actually leaving his house to get to Tulsa. And I figured by sending the stuff to him, I'd have the best chance of it getting there, you know, before he actually left. Of course, it didn't. So uh, it got there the day after he left. So his daughter was nice enough to pick it up as soon as it arrived, take it over to whatever FedEx, I guess, and pay a bunch of money that he wouldn't let me pay back uh, to have it next day aired to their hotel. So uh, that we still were able to do all that. So basically the trading cards that we did one Sunday afternoon uh, a year ago um, and sent out to everybody who had met each other, right? I think that's what we did, right? We figured out on a spreadsheet using the technology of the grid um, who all had met who, we made that many cards and then sent them out to everybody. Certain people got irate because they weren't included in the list, but they had never met anybody, so what are you going to do? So this time I figured I'm going to make as many people that are participating in gun channels, right? So uh made that and it turned out to be a 1,600 or a 1,060 or some thousand number. And that was 200 something dollars. So what I did is I made uh, 10 well, 12 um, uh, decks of 60s, so 60 people that are active right now, I guess. And well, maybe more like 50 people that are active and some other stuff. And then uh, sold those as decks to for $25 and that paid for the whole thing. So that was kind of cool. So that was an effort in a bunch of people, 10 people uh, financing a project that allowed pretty much everybody that was at um, Tulsa, uh, who's been active on gun channels, uh, along with all you people like Smeggy and others that weren't able to get to Tulsa, we'll all be getting stuff in the mail. But uh, everybody who's been active, we bought a thousand of those trading cards. Remember when we did the this effort on getting the uh, backs and stuff uh, figured out? I used one of those concepts for the ones, the decks, the ones that the people that funded the whole thing. So they have their own decks with their back, and then all the ones that are just like the out of the thousand, whatever, those have a different color back. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, kind of a neat thing. Like I said, it's kind of a way to pull the internet up off, or pull this stuff up off the internet into real life, and I knew everybody was going to be there, and couldn't anticipate 34 people. I think when I first did it, I was thinking like 16. I was just thinking like Cycle Camp and Night Strike and Matt, you know, showing up would have been neat, but you know, it turned out to be a bunch of people. So I don't know what all they did with the cards. That's sort of the point. Play with them, do stuff with them, use them as giveaways, hand them off to people, throw them away, I don't care. But, uh, you know, play with them a little bit. And uh, that'll get everybody's juices flowing. And whenever we do the real trading cards, you know, which will be more like a baseball cards or maybe like a card game or something, um, you know, we'll have all the more ideas because these people are doing different things with them now. So, uh, yeah, if you're already or if you are active on gun channels, then uh, stay tuned in your uh, mail as I get time and uh, time, really. I'll put them in envelopes and send them out to everybody. Okay, so that was meeting up in there. We went to the museum, we went shooting, we went to the show, and yeah, it was overall a big success. Uh, people were there from Wednesday, I think, and then we went shooting on Thursday, museum on Friday, gun show on Saturday, Sunday, and then a bunch of people left throughout that time, and then the last people left on uh, Monday. All right, so um, again, we'll have other chats on, on the whole meetup and everything, but it went really well. So I left there on Monday sometime and headed towards Oklahoma City to kind of stage because I knew I wanted to get down and pick up the rest of the Old West cards, uh, but I had not heard back from the guy yet. And, you know, I didn't want to drive all the way to Dallas if you know I wasn't going to be able to pick those up. That was really the point of going south. Um, those things are not light. They're made out of paper and they're dense. The decks, you know, are nothing but stacked heavy paper, uh, wax and ink and stuff. So all together, they weigh a ton. And uh, I don't know what it ended up. I could have, I guess I could try to estimate what it would cost to ship that. But I suspect a good chunk of the gas money would have been shipping. I think I, I saved a little bit of the gas money by not having to ship those things. Anyway, that guy was real amenable. By the time I got down there, that's like a two-hour drive. I stopped here at Chickasaw. Nation, which is a uh, one of the, I think they call them nations and not reservations out there. But uh, they sell chocolate there. 
So I bought some uh, chocolate while Knives was in there. So you got to see mm. the, the chocolate comes from. And it's a little bit, it's not exactly pristine right now, but it's still sealed and it's still good. It's still edible. And it is still a caramel chocolate from uh, Chicksaw. Anyhow, so I picked that up and wasted a bunch of time. So I ended up getting to the, my guy late, but he was cool and he let me get my stuff anyway. Um, checked out a shop in Fort Worth as well because they have decent hours and they're open. Uh, then went to some giant dome. And we'll have to have some sort of a tool chat or a gear chat on the the uh, validity of a dome. I'm not sure I like it. Um, so you're all for tubes, but you don't like domes. I can understand a tube. It, it gets work done. But a dome, looks. I don't like it. Um, it's interesting when you drive up on it, but it looks a lot like an alien aircraft, alien craft or something. I like the pyramids. I've seen a couple of pyramids now. Uh, so left there and headed to Waco. So there's a place called the, uh, well, there's Dr. Pepper Museum, but there's also in the uh, parking lot of this school here, right by this Fisher place would be why is it? Oh, the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame right here. This place is awesome. It is really, really cool. If you're ever in Texas, going from probably, well, if you're ever in Waco. So if you're ever going from Austin or San Antonio to Dallas or any of the three, all these towns are in a row. And you got to go through Waco. And it's you can see it's literally right off the highway. Definitely worth going to it. It is really cool. Uh, I also, since I was in Waco, I went to Branch Davidian Place just to see what it was. And it's over here somewhere. So I went there, and then I went to the Dr. Pepper Museum. And I got a real Dr. Pepper. What are your feelings on Dr. Pepper? It's all right. Would you go out of your way, like, uh, one, maybe a mile and a half, to get an original Dr. Pepper recipe, Dr. Pepper? Yeah, but I don't think I'd travel all the way to Texas for one. Well, again, if you're in Waco, highly recommend go over there. Now, it costs $10 to go to the museum, and I'm not on vacation, so I didn't go to the museum. I'll go there one day, I suppose. I think that's the kind of thing if, like, you're driving there with a kid, make kid go to that museum because it's probably all about making soda and, like, the machines or something probably or, like, the invention of the recipe. But it wasn't that interesting to me. So I didn't go in there, but you can go in the gift shop and get uh, the original recipe uh, soda. It's pretty good. It's actually very good. And then... Uh, Headed down to Austin, met up with No. Uh, he was nice enough to let me uh, hang out and sleep with six different dogs. It was pretty fun. Actually, five, because I don't think the one girl dog, she doesn't leave her mom, but the other five kind of periodically would come in. The big fat one would lay with me all night, or laid with me all night, and the other ones would, like, come in and, like, they had, they had to, like, ration their time or something. I don't know if they were doing it intentionally or what, but they'd I'd come in for a while, get their belly rubbed, leave, get sick of me, or whatever, be told that it's next, or I don't know. I don't know who's running. I think the white dog runs the show. It's hard to say. I think no thinks he does, but I think the white dog is. Or maybe that girl dog. Either way, that was a pretty fun experience. After that, he sent me to, well, I met up with, do you ever watch uh, Silencers 1909? I think it's 1909. Let's go to the Instagram. I'm not familiar with that, no. Uh, this is a presser guy, and I started following him just because he was interesting. And uh, we started buying a bunch of cans. And silencer, that was suppressor. Silencer is nineteen oh nine. So this dude, he's just a regular dude, but he's got a bunch of cans, and he does neat stuff. Like he'll suppress the goofy stuff. Like he AOW'd his um, Maxim, so it right. make a grip on it. Um, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if he owns, I don't think he owns the pen, but he's uh, played with the dude who's suppressed pens, and he just suppresses because it's fun, and he has a lot of fun with his page stuff, and he has a ton of cans, so it's interesting when somebody's got a ton of something to see their collections, and especially when they have fun with displaying their collections and taking pictures and stuff. So, uh, and he's also sharing the woes and fun of stamp collecting, really. So, anyway, um page or whatever and he's with Capital Armory which is uh, right there in Austin 
so I checked that place out, and that was pretty cool. They gave me a bunch of stuff for uh, the Patreons and whatever, like giveaways on the tactical quiz. Then uh, No sent me to this place down here because I was going towards Edge, right? And there's traffic, right? So they they like they said get out of town before four, and since you're going this way, there's other places to go. But since you're going this way, go to this place called the Range. And wow, did you see the Instagram I did on that? Uh, I think I missed that one. No, pay attention. So that's right here. <laughs> no, yeah. I do not Instagram stalk you. This is uh, what it looks like. It is super impressive. I got a video, and the manager at the time, or maybe the manager, walked around with me and uh, told me about some stuff. So just a really impressive. I mean, you walk in, and it's an experience. Uh, all these screens, right? I can't zoom because it's stupid Instagram. Those are t television monitors. So some of them are interactive. They're flipping. You know how, like, if you go to a web page, there's going to be, like, three tabs, one for your general stats, one for your technical stats, and then one for something else. That's what's happening. The screens are kind of flipping. So lots of information up there, and then on some of them they're, oops, I'm hitting the wrong button. Some of them they're like interactive. I guess I didn't get a good picture of it, but they'll like where these blanks are. That might be like a movie or a product demo or something. Or like here's why this thing's so clever. So kind of a neat place and uh, massive range. And I didn't get a good, I didn't do anything in the Instagram about it, but their their range uh, lanes, I guess. I don't think I've seen anything like it. Maybe I'm just. I don't pay enough attention to ranges because I don't shoot on that watch anymore. But uh, it had like flashing red and white blue lights that could happen like in your little stall there uh, to give you the, uh, you know, distraction or the extra input. And then you had different drills. It was like a whole big touch screen looking thing. You had different drills that come on IDPA or IPSC or something and like a whole bunch of them to choose from. So if you go there and, you know, it gives you sort of like a coach, it gives you some stuff to do. Um, just really, really neat and uh, pretty cool. So that was uh, one of the ranges we checked out, or one of the shops I checked out. I guess I should have said there's all kinds of shops I checked out along the way. When I was driving between uh, Tulsa and Oklahoma, stopped at one, stopped at one in Oklahoma City, stopped at one in Fort Worth. Mm, nothing in Waco, but I went to the Branch Lindidian place. There's nothing. There's just a bunch of field out there, and I don't know enough about it. I'm not, like, interested in it, really. So I didn't see, like, an ob I think the place burned down, right? So there's no, like, obvious building from the news or anything. But you go out there, and there's uh, still Branch Davidians living there. So there's, like, a gate. You can't, like, drive down the road to where it actually happened. You can just drive down the road to the front gate. And that's as much as I was interested. I just wanted to see how far away from town. Like, if this is town and it's busy here, you go down like one of these roads and it's like where these lakes start. So it's basically just cow pastures on the outside of a really uh, small little town that Dr. Pepper came from. Uh, so I was at Austin, heading out of Austin, got down to Edge just in time to, uh, I think I skirted most of the traffic there, uh, hooked up with Edge for a little bit there, got him to sign the poster and headed out and nobody was online, nobody. So I had to drive all this way by myself, basically crying and feeling sorry for myself. And then somewhere around here, I passed out, swerved off the road. And then I woke up this morning, five hours, last five hours, and then had to keep going again. Nobody was live. Nobody was live. Nobody. This is super boring. Somewhere around here, Edge went live and Moon sent me a link. So then I hooked up with people and it got better. And then went to that town of El Paso. Uh, Antina, somewhere over, I don't know where it is, somewhere in here. And, oh, I didn't realize how close to Mexico I was. No, I wasn't. That was, I was close to New Mexico. And then, uh, drove home. I ended up having to nap a few times coming back because it was, uh, boring. I was telling the guys in the chat, you know, when you're, probably when you're coming back from up north, you get to, like, that point where, there's nothing new to see. You've been there so many times. There's nothing new to see. You know it's coming, but you're not home yet. Like, you know you've got a ways to go yet. Do you have a spot like that on your trip? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I know what you're talking about when you just, like... That's how all of something... You're just is. sick of it or whatever. Like, it's just boring. Yeah, I mean, well, there's nothing changes. It's just southern New Mexico. The mountains are the same. Sand's the same. There's no businesses that are sprouting up out of nowhere. And if it was, it would be a gas station. And 
all it's telling me is, yeah, you got like another four hours of this. <laughs> so that's a miserable, miserable time to be driving. And the chats definitely make it cool. So if you're listening to this on YouTube and you're like, what is he talking about chats? What we're doing right now is a hangout. It's a live chat. So if you're watching this live, I'm, I'm assuming you understand that. But if you're watching this as a video on the Gear Websites channel, at some point in the future, we recorded this um, one afternoon, and then it when we when we finished, it rendered into a video. And uh, this is a way that people, I don't know, hang out, communicate, chat, and talk about stuff. And we do that quite a bit over on a place called GunChannels.com. And one of the guys had one of these chats open. Well, Smaggy had one open on my way up there, and another guy, Knives, had one open on this on well he's had one open every day really but i jumped into that one and uh it's like having what six passengers except better because sometimes people come and go and there's 10 passengers with you and you can have all different kind of conversations and it's a whole nother level when you can turn the camera on and point it out the windshield and look at something or point at something or ask it you know address a question or ask a question Yeah, oh, well, it definitely, that, that kind of stuff definitely helps. Oh, I got a super chat. I know I could get super chats. Yep, yeah, you did get one. I was going to point that out to you here in a minute. Oh, shit. I didn't know I get a super chat. Thanks. Uh, don't do that, though. Man, that's like 17%. They're working it, and that's going straight to Google. But I uh, appreciate it. Coolest gun you wish you had during Tulsa tour? Wait, had during the Tulsa tour? PKM, technically, because I, then I would own a PKM. <laughs> um, does he mean at, that I saw at Tulsa? Mm, yeah, let's go with that. I'd have to think for a minute because I didn't think about that. I don't have any intention of buying any guns or anything, so... Uh, it would probably not be a World War II gun, number one. I don't have a problem with World War II guns, and I don't mind them. But I grew up with all of them, so I played with all of them. And I'm sick of all the Milserp stuff, right? It's with me. So uh, probably Old West gun, and I don't know which one. I would seriously have to think about it. After, okay, if you would have asked me strictly Tulsa, I would have said one thing. But... After going to the Cowboy Hall of or the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame, I'd say something else. Let me see if I can find this picture. Mm, I might be able to find it. I think I have it on this drive. So, um, and that would be basically a lever action of some olden days with this cool scabbard. Let's see if I can find it. Um, of the stuff that y'all saw, or if y'all are out there and you went. What kind of stuff is... Oh, this is a band chat. We'll talk about guns some other time. So, yeah, I appreciate it. I would say uh, which gun that I wish I would have brought. I was thinking on the way home that I probably should be bringing a lever action with me. Because I figured that for this trip, worst I got to worry about is probably um, somebody trying to take the van or, you know, somebody trying to take the van. What else would there be? So, uh, uh, I just didn't really think about bringing all kinds of assault stuff, but... Uh, I'm thinking I should bring a lever action. It'd be cool to have a lever action in there. Uh, I'll look. I'm going to quit looking up that gun because I'm thinking it's a van chat. Uh, van ran pretty decent. Um, there was some issues on the way up. I've got a squeaky belt, so I had to listen to a squeaky belt most of the damn way. I decided, oh, I'm going to put some belt dressing on there because when I was in Ohio, Pink squirted some belt dressing on there and magically went away for like five states or something. So I'm, and he's like, you want the can? I'm like, no, it'll never come back. Thanks, keep the can. And then, uh, yeah, I tried squirting someone on there, and it just made it super loud. And it was like that pretty much all the way to Tulsa. And I guess it's good because that probably scares deers running in front of me because they sound like a weird siren <laughs> thing <laughs> coming down the road. Um, yeah, they sell like these like whistle things that, that semi-trucks have. That are yeah, supposed to be. Oh, yeah, they scare the deer away or whatever. Back in the day, at least you'd buy these little horns that you put on your bumpers, and the air going through them, like they weren't powered or nothing. The air just going through them made a noise that deer hated. Yeah, that's what I meant, like a little like whistle kind of thing or whatever. Uh, but anyhow, so I had that issue. It's mostly in cold and wet. So I left here 
New Mexico is hot. And then as soon as it started going north in New Mexico, it started cooling down and then the squeak got worse again. And it was pretty much squeaky all the time. And then somewhere in Texas, it went away again, probably around Waco because it got nice again, got warm. Um, otherwise, the uh, steering wheel was acting weird on me. I guess when I was driving in Oklahoma, they don't know. They believe in the flat dark earth theory. So no banks on their curbs, like on the off ramps and exit ramps and stuff. You're coming off the highway at 65, 50 miles an hour because that's the most you can go in Oklahoma. Um, they don't care. You should just know to go 20 on the curb, right? So they didn't put any kind of bank up or nothing. I like Tokyo drifted the van around this curve and came out into a side street, a surface street, and uh, ripped a, the shelving out of the back. So I guess it's a van chat. We can talk about that. Ripped the shelving out of the back. So that's either a good thing because I've, I've had to sell the van. I guess the shelving is out now. Uh, or if I'm going to put it back together and keep the thing, I'm going to have to seriously just rip the insulation out and do it for real because that's like the third time that stupid shelf has fallen out. Um, but the shelf otherwise worked out well. Um, anyway, let's get back to the steering. So I did that Tokyo drift thing and the steering wheel went back to being crooked. And uh, that made me think, oh, the steering wheel has been crooked when I bought it. And then it straightened out doing something one time. And then it went back to being crooked again. So I took a picture and sent it to know, asked some people and um, pretty much the consensus turned out to be, they think the gearing where the steering column comes down and hits the stuff to move the wheels back and forth. Uh, there's a little gearbox there. Uh, they're pretty much thinking that's wearing out or getting worn out. Um, but everybody who actually laid hands on it, no, and Cycle's brother, uh, others, they all pretty much think that it's decent. It's not like it's imminently breaking or that it's dangerous, but it's the thing I should look at next type of thing. So put the call out there on YouTube and nothing. So um, I guess I'll have to find a place in town because it sounds like the kind of thing I don't feel like doing myself. I've heard people say it's possible to do yourself, but I don't have a flat pad of concrete and nothing level, anything like that. So I'm not, I don't have the facilities to do it. You ever done alignment stuff or had issues with alignment on vehicles? Uh, no. I've, I've never done alignment. I've done ventilation for the alignment pits in the factory, but that's a little different. Because they're normally, you know, the the car's running at that point, so you got to suck away all the uh, the fumes and whatnot. But like I said, that's completely different. I've I've never really messed with alignment stuff. I've seen some people on the YouTube who were I was going to do it on a cop car, but they put like cookie sheets on another car and put it on the concrete slab and then kind of wiggle it around and then adjust it. Actually, I was trying to figure out how to adjust the steering wheel back to zero on the cop car. And uh, you basically loosen everything. You do all this stuff and you tighten it all up. And the YouTube will say that it's good to go. I've heard people say that they'll do that and they'll take it to a shop to get it like foresighted and then they'll do it like that. They'll tweak it themselves. I've heard other people say that that's the craziest thing ever, that they have machines for that, blah, 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 lasers and computers. So uh, I don't know. I guess I got to go figure out what alignment costs. If it's like a $300 project, I'm doing it myself. If it's like 100 or less, I imagine I'll do that at the place. But I haven't ever done that on a vehicle ever. I've just always driven with a crooked steering wheel and dealt with it. But I'm sick of this thing uh, killing the one tire. And I'm also thinking if I take it into a place, they'll probably rotate my tires for me. And although I could do that, I'm super lazy. Those things have like 10 lugs and they're heavy. So if they'll put it up on a machine and do it all with robots, then I'll let them rotate the tires, right? Anyway, that'll save that one tire up front that's getting eight, eight right now by the alignment being messed up. So I think what else is their band stuff? Um, talking about juice. So there's not enough battery in there. Luckily, Bob's not in here, so we don't have to get into the whole... Uh, <laughs> non-renewable -renew resource debate but uh, uh, I definitely need to get another battery in there so I'm gonna have to look at I think those are a hundred bucks um, looking into getting one of those and then um, again I guess this is all preempted with uh, if I keep the van then I'll put another one in there and then the debate is do I put on the same side or on the other side I suspect having it close together is preferable um, but I'm going to play with options. So uh, I guess that's there's possibilities there. 
I kind of like the idea of having two separate ones that are isolated, um, maybe even on two different charging methods because they're not going to be used exactly the same. Um, and that would give me some other stuff to kind of play with, I guess, or nothing else. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe put one on the driver's side to distribute weight a little bit. Uh, and then also um, maybe let that one just literally get charged with a battery, or I mean with a, a battery charger, like uh, 120 volt. So if I needed to charge that one, like plug it in most of the time. And if I'm only using that to power some lights and the fan or something, you know, stuff that's trickle, then that thing would only need to be a, literally a deep cycle battery. Now the other one, if it's going to run the, you know, run itself down more often, let that one charge off the alternator. So that's why I'm kind of thinking maybe distribute their uses and have two different ones. Just again, for nothing else, just to kind of do something differently. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting way of doing it. Just basically dedicating this this battery is for this stuff and this one's for the other one i just i kind of figured you were just going to uh you know put put them together so that you just have like more power total right well and that's the other thing is i do need amps so i might not i might be thinking that it'd be neat to have them separate but um it might not i don't know if the amp if the flicker on the screens is because the battery's sitting on the by the door to the van on the passenger side. There's a big long wire that's just not very thick gauge either. It's just a big long 18 gauge or something maybe. Um, wire going across, uh, so it goes maybe what four or five feet back to the rear of the van. It goes across the open, the door, so that's another six feet or something across, and then down a ways a couple of two feet, and then over to the shelving, so another three. So it's a span of electric of a uh, small wire there go into uh, two cigarette lighter and two USBs that are powered by two and a half amps. So it's trying to pull a lot of current through there and I don't know if it's a restriction and too far and the battery's got plenty, you know what I mean? Or if the battery just doesn't have enough and the wire's not an issue, it's just that it's pulling too much off the battery when I have everything plugged in. So one way to eliminate that is I'm probably just going to run a parallel wire real quick and see if you know, having twice the bandwidth will let the monitor work over there off the single battery. Uh, so maybe a trip up to set, set um, then when I go up, ideally I'm going to head up to our rally tomorrow. So I might be able to wire that up uh, before then and use the monitor up there and see if that makes a difference if I still get the flicker. Uh, it doesn't get warm, but um, I didn't really have it on that long. I'm only using a monitor. It's not like it's uh, using a toaster oven or anything. It's just that the um, monitor probably wants enough juice to run all those LEDs that are inside of it. And it was what, after the computer was being used for a while? And I certainly noticed it when I had the computer plugged in with the monitor. It definitely didn't like running a computer and a monitor uh, around that um, that long piece of wire. But when I plugged the computer in just directly to the same battery, no problems. So I suspect it could just be the bandwidth or whatever you want to call the size of the wire going across there. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, your length, I mean, that resistance is going to. Yeah. It's huge. You're gonna lose it based on the length. No, every time I say juice, you're paying me. What are you talking about, dude? That makes you a sponsor. You should be like, that should be ka-ching to us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do you think every time you see a Coca-Cola ad, the TV station pays Coca-Cola? No. All right, I got to go get something to drink. So, musical interlude. <laughs> oh, I guess let's look at this. Just in case we're not striked enough. All right. Except I was there during the daytime. I was there, in fact, I was there, there at 10 a.m. So they didn't even open until 11. So I can't even say I got a beer there or nothing. I was going to go to a vegan tamale. All right. So. Where were we at with the uh, van? Otherwise, I think stuff was working pretty good. That satellite radio kicks butt. Only time it doesn't work is when you're getting gas and you go underneath the big metal roof. Otherwise, it works fine. And then um, 
did a couple of other little systems this time around. They were, seemed to work okay. Had to bring the taxes with me, uh, so that eliminated any uh, ability to do like uh, video editing or anything. But I feel like the time I spent doing taxes is time I would have been doing video editing. So that, in theory, you know, I've been sitting there the same way working on a computer. Just the end result happens to be for Uncle Sam instead of YouTube or whatever. But I think that would, uh, it was comfortable and it was, you know, it was okay. Um, it worked out pretty good for you sitting there on your, with your lower shelf and. Yeah, exactly. Know. All that ergonomics, ergonomics wise, it was good. But there's still going to be an issue with, uh, cooling. The heating part was no problem. I went down to dangerously cold temperatures. It was 27 degrees outside, enough to break metal. And I was able to stay alive. So, and comfortable with the uh, aid of propane. And I don't know what to do in uh, the hot, though. So, my solution to that is to try to go north to where it's not hot. And use the power of the curvature of the earth to keep the van cool. Or just getting closer to the ice wall. Snap, that makes a lot of sense. People are all like, polar caps, it's really just ice wall. Yeah, and it's, it's just, you get all the cold just coming off of that. Mm -hmm. Although, theoretically, there's only an ice wall around the, the South Pole. I don't know how they explain why there's ice in the middle part. Never mind. I, I, I take it back. I forgot there's not a northern ice wall. Though that's more of the ice hole where the records pivots off of. And that would be oh, that's right. I forgot there is a hole that leads to the center of the earth at the North Pole. And that would have like an ice machine there. Yeah, well, it's letting in the cold from underneath the disk earth. Because, you know, space is cold, so it's coming through there. The cold air. Anyways, we're just being silly. But, uh, yeah, going north definitely helps out a, a bit. Um, does... I, I forget on this van, does the air conditioning work? Like when you're sitting up front? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's a 2002. This van, well, when okay. I, I... I couldn't remember that part of it. So, I mean, they, there's a possibility that, I mean, you could cool down the, the back part by cranking that for a little bit. Maybe. Um, there's no, it'll definitely do that. The problem is if it's hot enough to need air conditioning, then it's too, probably too hot to let the van just run and idle with the air conditioner on. You know what I mean? Like when we were in Ohio, um, doing the show from the parking lot of that museum, me and pink, we were sitting in the front and I had the dog in the back and I was trying to cool him down, open the door and turn the AC on full, full blast. But without the car running, like going anywhere, it kept overheating. Like after a while, it started to overheat. And we were parked in the shade in Ohio in whenever that was, September. So, I mean, that's that's not, I mean, it's not like a um, diesel or something or another that can just set it idle and be happy at whatever temperature, kicking out AC. Driving, yeah. And that's another thing. I guess I could, because it does hold temperature pretty decent for a while. Um and I did this with heat more than once already in other trips too, is you just drive around with the heat blasting in the front with the door open and the fan going in the back. And then the entire van gets to be whatever temperature it is. Right. And then when you stop and put something like stuff on the windows to keep the windows from losing heat or cold, and then uh, something between the, on the divider there, like a blanket or something, then that, that back stays or it keeps that temperature pretty decent for quite a while. So right, that's and that's because all your insulation and everything. I mean, that's right. Insulation that's keeps heat in, but also in the summertime, it keeps heat out. But that's the thing; it keeps heat in better than it keeps cool in. So it'll let the heat in from the outside eventually, and um, you know, to some extent, a fan and just running the AC for a while and catching it will work. But it isn't ideal. But here's the other thing: let's uh, let's keep moving from that because that's if I even keep the van. So at this point, it's got less than 170,000 miles on it. It does blow cold air. It passes all emissions and everything. Um, it's got pretty decent everything except for one tire is a little goofy from the alignment problem. Um, otherwise, I'm, so I'm probably ending up having to sell the thing. Uh, I had three sales while I was gone, so that's a week. And I appreciate the people that did something, but that's not, you know, it's not a way to, it's not a feasible way to keep the thing. So I'm going to probably play with uh, Patreon a little bit, and um, I will have to play with gun channels a bit uh, as I finalize my taxes here. Uh, 
there's no possible way to continue running everything the way I do it. So I'll have to adjust the, the payment methods, and I'm playing with options there. And uh, anyway, so the van is will probably be uh, on the chopping block or on the back burner here for a minute. Um, but we'll probably continue to do van chats. And if I keep it, then I'll continue to uh, work on getting that shelf put in there. I'm probably going to rip the insulation off the the driver's side, uh, just take it off, and um, that'll get the the patch panel off the wall also and the flag. When I stuck the flag up there, I didn't realize the writing on the foam stuff would come through, so it looks kind of shitty. I need to pull that flag off anyway and put something white behind it and then put it back up. And the patch panel is coming down a little bit. The glue I used wasn't all that great. So assuming I keep the thing, I'll pull all that foam off. Um, I'll find my anchors in the walls and uh, re -put, reattach the foam with those anchors coming through so I have decent, um, you know, foundation yeah. for everything so you got to like distribute that distribute it out some more yeah right now i'm doing it by just like sinking one little bolt here and one little bolt here and it works to hold the shelf on but not with going around doing tokyo drifts over uh washboards tolcio drifts yeah okc drifts so um uh, pull that off. I'll probably put the insulation back on and then put a piece of plywood there. I, I've always liked the idea of just having a big, nice chunk of plywood to be able to do anything, put a piece of eye bolt in there, put in a switch or something and have a thing to actually put it on. So I'll uh, put some kind of piece of wood there and then uh, put the uh, nice piece of carpet up or whatever as like one piece. That's the other thing. My carpet right now that's in the van is like a bunch of six, seven pieces that I just glued up there because they were scraps. And I was testing to see if it would work, and it worked, but it looks stupid having a bunch of scraps up there. So I'll probably just do something nicer on the side there. I like the van I like the Arizona flag there. I think that looks pretty good when you open the thing right away. It just says Arizona, but um, you know, instead of having a whatever else I could think of putting there, I like that. And uh, I'll just do a nicer uh, carpet for patch panel behind it then. Uh, put back in those shelves, and then probably do some sort of hard in hard wired in uh, switches and. Probably some kind of lighting for like the keyboard, some kind of a gooseneck thing coming out of the wall uh, that's just built in, and then maybe a little fan or something that's on like an arm or something over there. Again, just if you know, I can run a smaller fan. You know, like those little USB fans. If I can run, maybe just have a USB outlet out there with one of them little gooseneck fans on it. Because so I'm thinking something like that at five volts or whatever. If it's just enough to keep air moving, um, then I don't have to run a bigger fan. I'm trying to cool the whole place down, right? So stuff like that. Um, I'm just looking at this uh, wire gauge you sent me. Thanks. So I got to figure out. I guess this tells you what gauge to use for feet. Yeah, right on. Thanks. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so you don't get the loss. Uh, it's just, yeah, exactly. I guess so that you have the right amps, basically. Or you know what to throw through there. What's the best email to reach us? Um, gunwebsites at gmail.com. Yeah. I think your websites will go through, but it's not one I can monitor every day or anything. All right. So um, otherwise, a very, uh, I think, a worthwhile trip. Uh, like I said, I left the place. I left the house with, like, I think $16 in one account and 24 in the other and, like, less than 5 in the two other ones. I got to uh, northern New Mexico, ran out, and, and I was planning on using the credit card. The credit card didn't work, so I uh, scrounged together what I could, got across to uh, Oklahoma. I don't think I mentioned what happened there then. By the time I got to Oklahoma, the funds that I had transferred over from PayPal got there, so I had money for the rest of the trip. Some of the people up in Tulsa uh, bought some stuff off of me, so that uh, let me pay for the trip home. A couple of people have thrown money into uh PayPal or whatever to again thank you for that. Um, people just threw plain money at me. I appreciate it that it did let me get home. In fact, um, the 700 came through from the, the gun channels thing. That only pay off that loan, and uh, enough people uh, bought stuff off of the store uh, that it got me going. And then those cards, basically, like I was saying, I bought the or I bought those 10 decks to sell to fund everything. Once that stuff came through, you know, you, you buy something on the store and it goes to PayPal, it takes a day or two to trickle through. So that's 
tough to keep track of you know how many 20s are coming through or how many 30s are coming through so when all that stuff came through I was able to uh, purchase uh, stuff at one of the gun shops I went through um, I was able to purchase stuff at another one of the gun shops or a shooting range I went through and then at that last place the range uh, that really fancy gun shop I was able to grab some of their stickers too so the patreon people that got screwed in March by not getting anything uh, have definitely got stuff coming now from this trip and appreciate everybody who's uh, patient on that one. Again, I have some ideas from uh, having all these hours in the van here, um, thinking about ways to play with Patreon and stuff that maybe are um, different strategies that might get some uh, funds raised for continuing all this stuff in different ways. But uh, yeah, so again, appreciate the help with everybody who's uh, participated that way financially, I guess. And uh, again, the people that have been patient with their uh, um, stuff coming through. I also have a bunch of stuff going through the Patreons that are doing the sticker thing, um, new stickers and stuff. Um, did you get my email about doing a weekly show? I vaguely remember something about that, but I've been driving around. If you're talking about the details of setting one up over on Gun Channels, we'll have a discussion about Gun Channels on some Gun Channels chat. But yeah, Gun Channels is in the midst of being fixed and a whole bunch of stuff happened and it's still in the midst of being fixed. So. Uh, there's known issues over there, and one of them is that when you set up a channel, it glitches sometimes. All right, so thanks uh, to Patriot about that. And Smeg, you got anything else? Any questions about the van or anything? Uh, no, I, I think I'm pretty good. You've seen the van at least twice now, I guess, when I drove up through Michigan and then in Vegas, right? Uh, yeah, that is true. I didn't get to see it that much in Michigan, though. But, yeah, definitely I saw it in Vegas. And I saw the old one, too. So I'm batting a 1,000 for seeing your vans. You know who else has seen the old one and the new one? Besides, well, that's on gun channels? You, that's it. Right? Jimmy? No. Uh, Hosh has. Oh, yeah, Hosh. And I guess Heavy. Nope, not heavy, because heavy hasn't ever come over whenever we've done anything in Phoenix. Heavy can't drive like half across <laughs> half an hour to see the van or to sign the poster or nothing. So yeah. No. Speaking of that, it's Friday night. Uh, Friday night sights. Does heavy even do a show yeah. still? If he's doing, I think he did start doing a show, but I think he's already done it then, or oh. he's doing it right now because this is back in Arizona time. My six o'clock here is correct, right? Now I don't have to worry about my clocks being all different, I think. So, yeah, it's, if it's six here, I think he does a show like now, or he just did it. Hmm. So your friend is going to use a rope? No. Um, left in his house. What's going on here? Oh, pants saying the front end alignment is usually under 100. I like that idea. So I will definitely be looking around about that. Well, then I feel like somebody should have been like, yeah, I can hook you up with like $100. People are like, nah, $100 worth of service for this guy? Let him rot. Let his tires rip apart. Uh, all right, so I guess that's that going on on the Gun Channel side. Anything else on the YouTube side? Vanessa said she set up a Patreon right on. Patreon's kind of neat. If uh, you like what people are putting down over here, dig around on there. I found some animation stuff that I thought was pretty neat. That guy called, ooh, what's that guy who goes around and interviews people? Nuance Bro. That guy's pretty good. And he's kind of political-ish, I guess. Goes around and just puts the camera in front of people at different rallies to kind of show how much they actually pay attention to what they're even yelling about. Anyway, there's other stuff on Patreon you might want to check out. It's kind of neat. Yeah, that's kind of its own little community, too. You can, you can just toss a dollar around to five different people or, you know, give one person five bucks or whatever and then, like, rotate it or something. So even if you don't have a lot of money, you can still help support people. Trying to cue this up without it actually making any noise, and it didn't. So I think with that, I appreciate Smeggy jumping in. Actually, it's right about an hour, right? So perfect. That's that's the one-hour show, just like we scripted. So uh, thanks for jumping in. Thanks for people that watched it live. Uh, spur of the moment like this. I'll probably 
continue to do van chats and we'll let you know what's happening with various adventures and we'll get some pictures uh, going and uh, show some of the actual stuff that we've seen on the tour because uh, kind of described the the route there but uh, we'll talk more about the uh, attractions along the way and stuff that we've seen as well as uh, if I can talk some Mickey into it we'll nerd out some night and do uh, a bunch of spreadsheets and see what if we can figure out from this gas for just general knowledge and to see going forward, you know, better estimates on how much gas is going to cost and how close I was this time around. Anything else? Uh, yeah. No, just everyone like, share, subscribe. Thanks.